This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com backslash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com backslash RG. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerMBA. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerMBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode, another week. It is one of your hosts, Austin Rivers, here with my guy, Pasha Hagigi. We are live with the off guard on the ringer, man. What's up? How's life? Life is good. Life is good. I've uh, I spent a lot of the week with my guy, Mike Miller, who's in town doing a pre-draft for his agency. Uh, we watched the playing games together, had some beers together. He's, I mean, you're up there too, but he's he's an all-time, he's, a, he's, a, he's like one of my favorite people. Like, he's just awesome to be around, great energy. You ever spend time around Mike? I do like Mike. Mike's a solid individual. His approval you rating. Around, you hang around. Go ahead. It's high. His approval high rating. rating. Everyone I know is like Mike Miller. Excellent guy. He's all time. I don't know him as I don't know him as well as you, obviously, but he's always yeah. Like you said, I've never really heard anything negative about the guy. Um, you've always had high praise for him and good things to say about him. Of course, everyone I hang out with, I'm going to say nice things about. I like to I like to big my people up. You, I'll give you this. This is a, a really good, you know, you hang around a good people, man. All, all the, all, all your friends that you've ever introduced me to have always turned out to be, you know, good, wholesome people. So yeah, I, I'll give you that. Good taste. I've good tastes. You do. You have good taste in people. Yeah. You do. Well, uh, also Mike said he was going to do the podcast for sure. <laughs> you know where I was going to go with the other thing? Oh, yeah? yeah. Yeah. Mike's, Mike's. Yeah. I, I know. What was I going to say? I know, I know you too well. You're going to say, oh, sometimes or, or, uh, Maybe I don't. I don't know. You're gonna say something in in regards to how maybe your judgment's blurry with me. Am I am I getting warm? <laughs> no, of course not. You're a great guy, but Mike definitely said he's gonna do the pod, and he he's it'll be all it'll be an all time episode. He's like I said, he's he's awesome. We were watching the playing games, and we were talking about the Thunder, who you guys are playing tomorrow, and it, it, how crazy their season is. I mean, their average age is 22 years old. They're like an AAU team out there. They're, they are yeah. the Cinderella team of, of the NBA right now. It's like a March Madness feel. Do people want them to beat us tomorrow? Uh, that's tough because also people want to see Ant in the playoffs. Ant has a high approval. Speaking of approval ratings, Ant has one of the highest. Yeah, he got killed the past couple of days. He's been getting, he was like trending on Twitter for like two days straight after that LA game. It was really rough. Oh, it's a tough game for him. I mean, we we're used to seeing him kind of shine on those bright stages. So, but like, he's human. How old is he? Twenty two years old. Like, let the guy live a little bit. Oh yeah, I mean, I I don't think anybody on this side 
made it a big deal. I don't think anybody on our team even thought about it twice. We just, you know, and didn't have his best game. And then you add to it that every time he got the ball, he was seeing two to three people. So, you know, it was it wasn't the easiest game for him to, you know, go out there and be himself. But uh, I know he's ready and chomping at the bit to get back out there tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a hell of a game. I mean, OKC is no no slump. They're young, they're hungry, and uh, tomorrow's a stay-in-front game. I don't want to get too deep into the X's and O's of it, but whoever can keep the ball in front will win tomorrow. They have a lot of guys who are ISO-heavy guys. They attack the basket. They don't have a high shooting you know, you know, rating team. They're not a guy who's going to, a team that has a multiple guys that's just going to rain threes on you. You know, their best player pretty much operates usually within the mid-range all the way to the basket. That's Shea Alexander, as well as the young kid, uh, Jalen Williams. So, and Giddy for that matter. So we really got to keep the ball in front. If we do that and protect the paint tomorrow, we win the game. If we don't, then, you know, it's uh, vacation time, I guess. You know, I don't, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I want to talk about your game against the Lakers. That was an insane game. And that made me think of you saying, Yippee, let's talk about it. We, we have to. And you're the one that's very against the playing, but these playing games have been amazing. And I think... Why do you why do you do that? No one said I was like against the playing. I just think the mids, the the... The mix of the playing at the end and the midseason playing, like we're just getting so far away from just like normalcy. What you opinion. said, what you said, I don't want to quote you, but I just will, is that if you're the eight, the eight make it. And if you're not eight, you don't make it. But now if a team, I'm not going to put this out there, but if a team like the Thunder make a run, like that's, America will get behind that. And that's like a fun thing to watch. And that's something that wouldn't exist without you know the playing. Why? It's not, do you know why a run is so unlikely to happen? Because it's best of seven. All right. If it was single game elimination, I, I would hear you on this one. And I guess that's why people like to play in because it ultimately is almost a single game elimination with unless you're, you know, the seventh or eighth seed. But with that being said, it is very rare there's a Cinderella, you know, Cinderella story that goes through the playoffs and is able to beat a team four out of seven times. You've seen it a couple of times, like the I Believe Warriors and like a couple other teams that have surprised teams in the playoffs. But it's usually top seeding teams usually beat the lower seeding teams unless there's just a matchup, you know, mix. What would be a Cinderella? Would would a, see would a Cinderella story not be if we won tomorrow and play against Denver and do something there? Absolutely. I mean, it's listen, one, it's, it's a, one it, and eight, right? It's a fluid thing for sure. You're not the you're right now. You're against the Cinderella. You would become the Cinderella if you made the playoffs. If, beat Denver. If we, yeah, yeah, we'd become that easily. Yeah, but I wouldn't even be okay. Obviously, I'd be shocked. But you, you guys have great players. Like you, it, it, it's well, hurts. We we lost. I mean, we have Nas Reed. Jaden McDaniels, Rudy Gobert. I mean, those are three key, huge players for our team. Did we win last game? You know, I'm not that guy to ever put that out there, but I think we were confident in our team's abilities. Um, but listen, it is what it is. That's just kind of, you know, that's the NBA, that's sports. We're down guys. They're not really coming back anytime soon. Uh, Rudy might come back tomorrow, uh, depending if he's able to play through that back stuff. So it's going to be a battle, man. That game tomorrow is going to be, the energy in that arena is going to be incredible. I can't wait. Is something wrong with Rudy's back? I thought he was suspended for the Kyle Anderson incident. He was suspended for that incident, but it actually was pretty good timing. I think that he probably wasn't going to play anyway. He he was having severe back and uh, some some back problems that have really hindered his movement. And I don't know, or actually, I could say that yeah, he was not going to play that Lakers game, even if he was healthy. I mean, I mean, even if he uh, didn't have the suspension. Rudy went to play last game, so uh, you have, but you have to suspend. I mean, listen, I don't want to get too much. I don't, into the I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. By the way, I don't. You don't think don't. that a a punch in any form in about during a basketball game? A punch. A, listen, the it, the only reason this thing even got to the level it was is because it was public and it was in front of everybody. If that would have happened in the locker room, ask yourself if that would have happened in the locker room. If we were all in the huddle, or all in the locker room talking, coaches in there, and guys got into it, guys talked, and there's a little. I don't even like to call it a punch because that wasn't a punch. If Rudy really wanted to throw a punch, guys, he knows how to throw a punch. He did like this little like half shove push in the in the chest. And again, I'm not condoning it. It was, you know, a terrible look. But I've seen it happen a million times. It just hasn't been in public. If that happens in the locker room, is he suspended? The answer is no. So now this becomes about, oh, this is because everyone saw it or it's because it's a public thing. And I'm not disagreeing with the decision that was made by Tim and Finch, Coach Finch. I get it. He does that in front of everybody. It becomes a huge story. It looks bad. You know, you want to set a precedent for the team. You want to set, you know, kind of like the morals in which, you know, the organization lives by and, and, and goes by. 
And that's that you don't do that to your teammate, which I totally agree with. But I don't agree that it had to be like a suspension thing, especially in a playing game. Take out that he's healthy. If he's healthy in that last game, I'm not suspending him. I'm just telling you I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. For what? He had a low moment. He obviously got pushed there. Him and Kyle had an exchange. It didn't go the way it was supposed to go. You know, Rudy chose not to handle it the best way and let his emotions get the best of him. They made it up at halftime or at the end of halftime, whatever you want to call it. And even if you did it, you go out there, you just compete and win the damn game. Like, and then after you address, you apologize, you know, you know, by the way, they sent him home. They sent him home at halftime of that game already. So you already send the player home. It, it was already a suspension. He got, he got a whole half taken away from him anyway. So I mean, it, he already got publicly embarrassed. He already got ridiculed in the media and people were saying all type of negative, you know, harm, you know, just nasty stuff to Rudy, which I don't agree with. And that's already harsh of a Push, pun, uh, punishment enough. It was. I just don't think he he he, would, he needed to be suspended. It didn't matter anyways because he was hurt. But I, I don't agree with you on that one. The thing that actually made me the most mad was the employee that leaked the audio of Kyle talking. That was ridiculous. It, it was. Now I don't know if anybody actually re- leaked that because the conversation happened and it was loud and it was in the hallways. You know, on the way to the locker room and in the locker room. So like, you just don't know if someone was able to hear it. But I just really do doubt it. Somebody probably leaked that. And if someone did, that's bullshit. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Somebody needs to find... But I mean, then again, like the footage being leaked with the Draymond Jordan Poole thing was disgusting. Like why that happens in people's own organizations tells you a lot about people or just, you know, (laughs) I don't know what you even get out of that. But uh, the fact that that transcript of that back and forth private conversation that happened in a locker room or even in the hallways, the fact that that got leaked to the rest of the world was just... yeah, it was just ridiculous. It was, it was disappointing. It was disappointing. What were you thinking about when Anthony Davis crashed into Mike Conley on that last three attempt? Holy shit, these are some big free throws. What a position to be in. Down three, down three with point one. So it's not even like two seconds left where if you miss, maybe you could foul. Maybe you'll get another shot again or maybe you get a rebound. There's point one. If you, you, you miss one shot, it's game over. He shoots the first free throw and it bounces on the front of the rim and gets the bounce. The whole arena was quiet. You could have heard, you know, a pin drop. And he knocks it in. And if you actually, if there's camera footage of this, if there was a video showing me, me and Kyle are looking at each other, just laughing because we're just like, holy shit, man. Like, I mean, I know Mike's up there like, because that first one bounced the front of the rim. You can see he was like, and it goes in. And then he just steps up and knocks it, you know, the next two down. Just huge free throws, man. I thought we were going to win after that. I really thought that after they got that close and we took it back and got to overtime, I was like, man, I think we win this game. But we just weren't able to just come together at the right times. Yeah, you guys went cold in the fourth and in overtime. The reason I really am happy that Mike made those free throws is because he had a hell of a game. He was shooting the shit out of the ball. And it would have been completely spoiled if he you know, missed a free throw to go into overtime. That's why everyone went yeah, hard he played on. Well. Mike's, been, Mike's been playing really well. He's been shooting the ball well. We struggled. They started switching everything. They started switching everything before they weren't doing that. So we were getting all this weak side action in the pick and roll. And then they started switching one through five. And for the people who don't know, a lot of times when people switch in basketball, it just promotes ISO basketball because, you know, a guy will get a mismatch and now he has to take him off the dribble, which is designed that way. So we can, you know, our offense was starting slow. We were doing picks they were switching every single screen so no action worked and it just became one-on-one basketball and it kind of got nasty out there for us and uh you know that's definitely a learning lesson we watched a lot of film on that we might see that more tomorrow so we'll see did you check out any other playing games uh for example like the raptors bulls yesterday i watched the raptors bulls i watched the okc game obviously just because we played the winner of that game yeah i thought new orleans was going to win that game truth be told just because it was in new orleans and you know, I thought Ingram and those guys would take it home, but uh, they miss Zion badly. Yeah, for sure. And what do you do if you're the Hornets? I mean, uh, I mean the Pelicans. You, you have Zion missed all last year. Played like 28 games this year. It's just tough. I mean, do you explore trading him at this point? I don't. I don't explore. I don't explore trading him yet. I'm not opposed. You know, I'm not against it just because his value is probably still high. It probably is still high, but. You know, the one concerning thing with 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 Zion is his health. And the, the biggest skill you can have in professional sports is availability. It doesn't matter how great you are. If you can't play, then, you know, you're useless. And in Zion's case, when he's played, he's been so dominant that his value is probably still high, despite how many games he's missed. 
With that being said, there comes a fine line, and he's approaching that. That line is getting you know more and more blurry to where you start, do we trade as Zion Williams? I mean, this guy was supposed to be the face of the league. And to his argument or to his credit, when he plays, he is like a top five, top 10 player in the NBA. He's that good. You know what I mean? Sure. It's just a matter of him getting on the court. Uh, it's a matter of him controlling his weight. You know, that's been a huge issue with them is keeping him lighter. So those joints, those knees, you know, those bones on that explosive body can can actually properly, you know, move and function and uh, be healthy. So I would, man, that's a good question. I, this year is really tough for me also. It's, it's a lot different than other years because with Zion, they're a contender. We saw them this year with Zion. They were a top seed. So this year, him being out feels like, man, they could have really been something this year. You know, who knows what would have happened when other years... I wasn't quite sure. This year, yeah, with that roster and Zion, they're, they're, they're in the West, I'm not going to call a week, but it's open. It's wide open. So. Well, I think it makes them it makes them so much better when Zion's healthy because it, it pushes CJ back to like the, the third best player, the third scorer. And I think he really thrives in that. Not saying he can't be a, a second scorer on a team. I've, I've seen CJ do it for many years in Portland. But I think when you've had that BI Zion attention and then you have this other guy like in the background who now can light up you in 20 points and doesn't have that pressure on him, I think that makes them just even better. Um, I think Zion just really opens up a lot of people's games on that team, you know, other, even more than CJ, than, you know, just all of the other, the other guys. You know, so much, he, he gravitates so much attention, man, for how explosive and dominant he is in the paint. Uh, he allows the other guys to get better shots. He's just vital for that team's success, man. We were talking about last night, Brandon Ingram, what's the difference between him and, you know, to get that maybe a Jason Tatum step, like what would be the difference between that level? Because Brandon Ingram, we all, everyone watching, we were all how we're talking about how good he is. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have a hole in his game. You know, he's one of the very few three-level scorers. He he can score from the three, he can score from the mid-range, he can score inside the basket. He's explosive. He finishes. He gets fouled. He's long. He's athletic. He's uh, you know, it looks like he was built to be an NBA scorer. It's like his body was built to be a great basketball player, and he is that. You know, the difference between him and Tatum, you know, a lot of that is situation. You know, Tatum is in a much more, you know, he's in one of the top tier organizations in basketball. You know, Brandon, and, you know, isn't. And I'm not saying New Orleans is um, anything that, you know, to laugh at or anything like that. But it's, you more, know, there's it's, more, praise, it's more praise about the Celtics than yeah, man, it's, the this, there's, there's like there's like there's in anything in life. There's levels to stuff. And, and Boston is just top tier, man. They're just a top tier organization. Uh, you look at the players surrounding Tatum compared to, to Brandon. Uh, again, if Brandon had Zion out there, that'd be a different thing. But he's out there, you know, essentially without him really trying to make do. And I don't know if there's that many differences. I think Tatum maybe has been more consistent throughout the season. It seemed like Ingram really stepped it up post-All-Star break, where Tatum's kind of been doing it all season for the past couple of years. And then Ingram will kind of go in these like stretches where he's like a lot better than other times. But it's like when he's at his best, there's nothing... I mean, there's nothing he can't do. I mean, the Brandon we just played in that play in the first or the game uh, before the play in the last game of the year, he was incredible, man. He had like 30 at halftime. He was unstoppable. Just kind of a player that you don't really hear about when people talk about, you know, top guys and rank the top, you know, 20 guys or anything like that. I feel like Brandon yeah. Ingram definitely flies under the radar for sure. Uh, the Bulls game last night, I was super shocked because, you know, they were the 10 seed. They were down double digits on the road. I thought it was, it could be really easy. It could have been really easy for them to just say, hey, you know what, man? Cancun. This is over. Let's call it a wrap. Hopefully get Lonzo healthy, you know, this and that, and a few, you know, and kind of just pack this season up and they fought back. And well, I don't, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just what I noticed about the Bulls at the end of the game with, with Zach and DeMar, you, it's really hard if the game's close playing against those guys. They kind of get whatever shot they want. They're a really hard team to stop yeah. when the game's close. You know, that's a great point because I noticed that when we played them in, in Chicago, if you get that team down to the last two, three minutes and it's a close game or a two-point game, a tie-point game, it's hard to beat them because they can beat you with that ugly style one-on-one -on -one basketball because they have two very elite one-on-one -on -one players who really get their points all game just playing one-on-one -on -one and being able to get whatever shot they want. That's kind of how they play. It's really hard to beat a team that has guys that can close the game. And in as many holes as Chicago might have in their offense and, you know, uh, you know, their backcourt, you know, their, you know, other things that they have, because I, other than Zach and DeMar, you know, they have a good team, but it's nothing, 
to like look at it and think like, oh, championship or anything like that. But they have two guys that if you put in a close game, they could beat anybody because Zach and DeMar can get whatever shot they want at any given point in time, especially with one-on-one defense. And then, you know, you have, they have seasoned vets, Caruso. And, yeah, Caruso and, and Pat Bev in the backcourt just wreaking havoc yeah, out there. Yeah, throw Pat Bev in there. He, you know, he hit that one three, hit that one shot, a big shot to go up three. Um, I guess, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I like their team. I think they, they win games off of the brilliance of those two guys, though. I think Zach, and I think Vujicic, Vujicic is a, uh, can be a big help. I think he's the X factor for that team. I think when he plays really well, it adds a third score to them, and it makes them a lot, lot different of a team, which Lonzo used to be a lot of the times. But obviously, without Lonzo, they're a different team. It's tough. They're they're a group that their pieces just make more sense when Lonzo's on the floor, right? All those pieces. Yeah, make they, all, yeah. I think Pat Williams. I think uh, even Kobe White. A lot of these guys have been affected by Lonzo's absence. The speed at which Lonzo changes the game, he plays at such a high tempo. He has that Jason Kidd like game. Off the off, you know, he goes in there six six, grabs a rebound off the glass, and is pushing at full speed. You're in your offense within three seconds with Lonzo as your point guard, and that's a whole different dynamic and feel to the game. And I think a lot of players have been affected by that, um, you know, for Chicago. But they got good pieces. They got some good role players. I like Caruso. I like uh, Pat's toughness. At least I like what he brings to them in terms of just that that winning energy that he always has uh i, I like um i like pat williams is I, I you look at him you kind of see like quiet leonard-esque type stuff it just hasn't like clicked to that level yet but i like his game as well and if you're the raptors on the flip side you know last year well, that's, you were the five c yeah that's now you're you're that out that thing is that's tough. that's they gotta do yeah they gotta i don't know what direction they're headed in right now i really don't you well, know yeah, i don't scotty barnes is a keeper yeah, you keep Scotty Barnes, but he's got to get better. This has got to be a big summer for him. I thought this year he played well, but I thought this year compared to his last year, you know, it was a weird year for Scotty. And I, I'm not going to be hard on him because, you know, situations, everything, and sometimes situations can change from season to season. Uh, but I think his development in his game, especially shooting wise, I think it's got to be a big summer with him in the gym, man. If I'm Scotty, I'm living in the gym this summer. You know, they want him to be the face. They want to, to pay this guy max money. They want him to be a star. He has the intangibles. He can he can defend. He's a freak athlete. He's 6'9", 6'10", can rebound, has long arms. If he could figure out a way to learn how to get fouled, like really watch some of these guys that live at the line. Like watch guys who live at the line and prove your free throw shooting and just be, I'm not saying become a great shooter because it's just anybody could say that about anybody. It's just not that easy to do that, especially in the NBA. But he can work on it because he has touch, he has game. Scotty Barnes adds a 75 plus 80% free throw to his game. Learns how to get fouled, which he can. That's something you could pick up and learn. And we just work. So let's just start with the quarter threes, corner threes, and mid-range. We don't need to work our way out yet. Well, you know, maybe you get there mid-season to the end of the season next year. All summer shoot hundreds, thousands of corner threes and work on off-the-dribble mid-range pull-ups, free throws. That's it. Learn how to get fouled. That's what that's what his game should his his workout should consist of all summer because he has all the other intangibles to be a star. I think that's where you start if you're Toronto, and then you go from there. You see what you can get for Fred. You see Fred, what you Fred, have for Fred, Pascal. Fred's a free agent, so they didn't trade Fred and just allowed him to just essentially walk away. I thought they were going to trade him, and I heard a lot of buzz about him going to the Magic. People were talking, but yeah, they hang. They didn't make any moves at the deadline. Everyone thought they were yeah, going to trade was, OG. Uh, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. That was one of the and OG's a free agent, right? No, they still have him. They yeah. still have his rights. Yeah, and people so are offering just, multiple draft picks, first first picks from. So. so you have OG and you still have Pascal and you you have a lot of pieces there. I'm not saying you got to move Pascal, but you got a lot of guys that have high value. You know, they I'm a I think you start there and try to see if you can build around Scotty at this point. But it's got to be a big summer for Scotty. And if the Bulls beat the Heat in tomorrow's play in and the Heat are have them beating the Heat anything could happen. It, it, like, I, I don't know. The Heat were very underwhelming against the Hawks. Uh, it was such a weird game. It, you know, I, they got out-rebounded, which is not really like them. You know I mean? Especially to the Hawks. The Hawks aren't even like a big... The Hawks aren't even like a huge... Like, I mean, they, they can rebound. No doubt they have some rebounders. But like, with Bam out of Bayou and Jimmy and the guys, the tough guys they have in Miami, you just wouldn't think that... By the amount... They got, I think, out-rebounded by 20 almost or something like that. 20-something. Like that, that's something you usually don't see in like a heart and hustle Miami Heat game, you know, grind it out, do or die game. They're at home still. Again, Zach Levine's going to have to have a huge game. You know, DeMar's going to do his thing. 
Vujicic has got to have like a 15 to 20 point game. And Zach, if he can get to the basket and, and finish at, you know, that's the one thing I like. Zach was attacking last game. You get Zach in that type of mode where he's attacking the basket, you know, the Bulls can be a dangerous team. If you're the, everyone was saying, you know, Celtics are going to have to play the Heat in the first round and how good, the, you know, of a series that would be. Now they're obviously playing the Hawks. So do you think that's still a scary matchup for them? Or do you think they're a little relieved that they'd have to play the Heat? I think the Hawks are a scarier matchup because they could put more points on the board. And in the playoffs, you got to be able to put points on the board. The, the Hawks are a team that when they're when they're bad, they're bad. But when they're rolling, they're rolling. I mean, they got some guys that can really put the ball in the basket between Trey alone and Murray and uh, Bogdanovich and uh, Collins and Cam- Clint Capella is a good backup. I mean, I'm in a, a a good starting center. You know, De- DeAndre um, Hunter. DeAndre Hunter. I mean, they, they they got pieces, man. Like they got guys who could put the ball in the basket. So I don't know. I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they beat... Who are they playing? They're Celtics. Playing. Celtics. It's, it's a tough one. Yeah, bro. I mean, no, no. Celtics are just ridiculous. They're, they're loaded at every position. Um, but when the Celtics have Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White and Grant Williams all coming off the bench, that, that's, they're coming at you in waves. You know what I mean? They're, they never let up. That's a, that's a great bench. I mean, Bro- Malcolm Brogdon, probably between him and Quickly for sixth man of the year. Yeah, they, they got a good bench team. My favorite series of the whole playoffs probably is going to be the Cavs-Knicks. What do you think about that? And Cavs, I was going to ask you, we were talking about this, Garland or Brunson, who would you rather have? I'll go Brunson. But it's a tough call because I love Garland's game too. I mean, if we're going for like the youth and like if I'm building a team, I'm playing president, I'd go Garland. If you're asking me who do I have in one series, dependent like my life on it or like if there's a billion dollars to write on which, which team and I had to choose which point guard I was going to run with, it's hard to go against Brunson this year, man. It really is. Yeah, he might make, he might make an all-NBA team. Like he's he's been so in, he's been impressive, man. He really has. He went from being a guy that got paid hundred million and everybody you know laughed at and made jokes about to him being underpaid. He's worth way more than hundred million dollars. He's they paid RJ hundred. They paid RJ Barrett one hundred and forty. And I love RJ, but like they the, the guy Brunson who's at closing games with Julius Randle got a hundred. And he's been playing in like, I mean, dropping 40, 30, 48, 42, 41. I mean, he's been incredible, man. He's been really good. What do you think about Mark Cuban's comments when he said that, you know, obviously he's got a lot of criticism for not signing, re-signing Brunson and losing him for nothing. Well, he's, yeah. He said that, you know, it never was really in play. The Knicks hired his father and this and that. I mean, they had opportunities to sign in the last few years. Could have gave him an extension. Yeah, but I think, I think, I mean, what he was, well, first off, you know, Mark only got criticized after it it didn't work out. You know what I mean? Like nobody was criticizing Mark for not giving him a hundred million until, or, you know, this guy's really played out of his mind and come into his own. So now everybody wants to point the figure at Mark, but everybody probably would have made the same decision them damn selves. So that's just contradiction at its finest by most people saying that. Uh, but with that being said, I mean, yeah, the Knicks hired his, his fucking dad as a coach, assistant coach, sit right there. I mean, that's, that's a big play. The Knicks took that took that on, and it's really worked out for him. And I think it's helped Jalen perform. You know what I mean? He has his dad there, has somebody he trusts. He works player development with him, gets his mind right before the games. I mean, he's and he's performed at a high level. Dallas wasn't really prepared to do that, so I don't think Mark said anything out of pocket. I just think, he, yeah, I don't think there was much there to even for them to to have an actual fair shot of signing Jalen. Well, what do you think about? Okay, so Luca, what is his fifth year? doesn't make the playoffs. Couldn't make the play-in, okay? And you have this yeah. generational talent. And normally, it's typically linear where you're, you're every year you're getting closer and closer. For example, LeBron in his fourth year made the finals in 07. What do you think that says about you have this generational talent? You get so lucky. You know how many teams just are begging to draft a guy like Luka? You get him. And in his fifth year, and he's made the All-NBA first team the last three years, so he might make it again this year, four years in a row, which is shock. No, he, which won't, is, he won't make first team. Well, so the last three years he made it. And to not make the playoffs in his fifth year, is a, I think it's completely a failure to build around him. You said it's a failure to continue to build around no, him? No, no, it's a failure. It's, they, they failed him. You, you, how do you, you have this well, guy they, yeah, in his yeah, fifth they, year? They, yeah, this hasn't been, it hasn't worked out. I mean, the... the, the what they put together has not been what he's needed. But everyone knows that. I mean, and that's why this Brunson thing became, you know, an issue. You know, again, and I, I, I defended Mark on that one just because I don't think anybody saw that coming. But it became an issue because people are looking at what he's playing with right now. 
Um, and it's just not a team that's equipped to complement him well. I'm not saying the players around him aren't good. They got good, talented players. I like a lot of the guys they have on that team. Reggie Bullock, obviously Kyrie Irving. You know, Kleber's a really, uh, um, you know, I actually like him at the big. He's pretty versatile in terms of his shooting. He can guard multiple positions. I like Josh Green. You know, I like, I go on and on. They got a lot of talented players. I just don't think it's the best team fit for, for Luka. I think a lot of those guys can go to a lot of other teams and have big impacts. So no disrespect there. But if we're asking, is this the best team that is in place for Luka to thrive? Do I think Luka actually played his best this year? Do I think Luka gave it his best this year? You know, I, I think there was a lot of, you know, questions. You know, those questions, you know, a lot of people are asking those. You know what I mean? And I don't think he really had the best team around him for him to go out there and perform at his highest level. And then I don't think Luca was able to do that. And I don't think he did. You know what I mean? So in Luca's defense, they they in Luca's defense, they went they went to a deep playoff run last year, right? Went to the conference finals. That was also a thing. It was it might have been a little bit of fool's I'm not saying fool's gold, but like no one expected them to get that far last year. They go that far and now like the president is them to get back that far. And it's like, bro, I Luca kind of got hot and did some crazy stuff in the playoffs last year and was just like kind of playing out of it. I mean, he's just playing at a level that you don't see. For sure. You know what I mean? He had a deep playoff run. He plays in Eurobasket all summer, goes right into the season. He's dropping 60 during the season, huge workload. It's a lot of basketball in a row. So it's, you know, I like to see him next year. I like to see him next year a little more fresh. Yeah. It is a lot of basketball. I mean, I, I, I think he might need a little bit of time just to take a break. He might need a mental break. You know, he, his comments, uh, were a little bit of a red flag a couple, you know, uh, I think it's like a month ago where he said, you know, he doesn't, he's not having a lot of enjoy, you know, enjoyment and excitement playing the game of basketball. Uh, and that's never what you want to hear from your star player, the player that you're building your whole franchise around. Yeah. But you want to hear a lot of, when a guy's losing, you, you want him to be upset and that's normal. No, I know that, but he, it went, it, it went on, you know, beyond him just being upset. It had to do with his overall like happiness and mental health in the game of basketball was not high. You know, he talked about it and how he wasn't in a good place. And that's just not a thing that you ever want to hear as a guy like that. You're like trying to put everything into and build a team around. You're trying to keep him happy. You want to keep him in Dallas. You know, you don't want to hear those comments. And a lot of that, like you said, is due to just him being competitive and losing. And I think a lot of it is due to what you also said, Pasha. I think he has played so much fucking basketball in the last couple of years, I think he might just need time to go back home, you know, back overseas, take a little break, be around fam, you know, family and friends, kind of get back to his roots and then come back just like fresh for next year. You know, don't even put your head into who's, who's around me. What do we have? You can only control so much as players, you know, as is, but I guess he has to start with his dominance first. And then that way it's easy for him to point the finger. You, you can't point it his way. You know what I'm saying? I think that's gotta be his mindset for the summer. For sure. Sticking with the Western Conference, Kings Warriors, everyone's just coming at the Kings. I feel bad. You yeah, make the, yeah, you you're make talking the, about you're talking about the the Knicks series. This is the series. That's the series. That's the series. Third seed, that their home games are gonna be so fucking insane. And the fact that it's 40 minutes away, I mean, essentially the, the Warriors players don't even have to stay at a hotel. They can literally just leave their house like it's a normal game day, just leave 40 minutes earlier and drive right down the road to Sacramento. It's like an hour and 20 minute drive, bro. At the worst, it's no different than me living in Palisades going to the, the Staples Center. It used to take me about an hour to get to the arena. It, it, and there's guys that lived farther than me. You they literally just, it's, I mean, it's like a home game. I mean, it's the battle of the, you know, West Coast, Bay Area. They'll probably take a hotel just due to nap time and being able to have shoot around and a bunch of other things. But that's probably the smart thing to do. I'm just saying that in the aspect of it's close. The Warriors will win, by the way, that series. You think so? I was going to say, because the Kings don't make the playoffs in 16, 17 years. They Bro, finally you make get it. Wiggins back. You got Clay coming off of one of his best seasons ever. Statistically, I think, with its threes, over 300 threes. You got Clay Thompson playing at a high level. Steph Curry's always at a high level. You got Dre doing what Dre does best. You got uh, uh, um, a lot of these guys, Moody. Um, Gary Payton. Gary Payton's back. Gary Gary Payton's back healthy now, getting his legs back under him, getting his rhythm back. Um, who's the who's the athletic kid that they have? The uh, Kaminga, Kaminga. They got Kaminga, who's got to get extended, you know, period of time. You know, he got more more minutes as Wiggins was down. A blessing in disguise is these guys like Moody and Kaminga got really like good minutes to go out there and like 
kind of get their confidence up. And now you get Wiggins back and you got to beat this team four to seven games, dog. I'm just telling you, it ain't sweet over there. And in the playoffs, they're going to turn it up just like they always do. I don't see the I don't see the Kings beating the Warriors. No, I think the Warriors win in six. What about a little Harrison Barnes revenge series? I mean, that's in play too. They dealt him after he won 73, 73 wins in a he season. He wanted to be. He wanted to get paid. He got paid after that. He got like 80 million, bro. He wanted out of there. If the if the Warriors make a deep playoff run, if they win the title this year, it's gonna annoy me a little bit just because, okay, you won the title last year. You could pretty much lose every road game all year. People could take time off. It, it, the regular season just doesn't matter. And you could punch a teammate. You could do all these things and still win a title the next year. It almost diminishes the entire regular season. Um, I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a little history lesson here. In 1994, the Rockets beat the Knicks game seven, uh, seven games. They won the finals. The next year, they were a six seed. They weren't that good. They did add Clyde Drexler uh, at the deadline. They weren't that good all year, and then they won the title again as a six seed. The Warriors are a six seed, so it could happen. But well, the the thing is also is like there's no favorite in the West. I mean, Phoenix is probably the favorite, but they're not even like you know they're a good team because they're star they're star heavy. But you know, there's not like a clear cut winner. And most people would agree that probably the three best teams right now are probably all in the East. Um, so anybody can really come out of the West. You know, it's it's up for grabs. So the Warriors, whether you're a six seed, fifth seed, one seed, eighth seed. Any of the eight teams could come out of the West. That's just the truth of the matter. Uh, so we'll see. You know, do you think? Speaking of the Phoenix series, do you think the Clippers should have lost that last game and kind of? No, no. You don't take a chance going into the plan because you never know what could happen. You, if you get in, you get in. You get in the playoffs and just do it the right way. Basketball gods will fuck you when you try to like manipulate losses and wins because you're scared to play against someone. I'm like, bro, just go out there, put your shoes on, lace them up. You got to beat the best to go to the finals anyway. So what difference does it make? You get points for going first round or second round. I love when people like think they've accomplished more because they've gone to the second round versus the first round. Like motherfucker, you 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 all you got is a less you got a longer a less summer. Right? I got a longer summer than you, and you got home with nothing, just like I did. Okay, the only thing I agree with you. You should never you never want to be in the plan. If you have a spot to make in the playoffs, you make it. But yeah, you get in. But when you have Paul George injured and you want to buy time, and if you think Phoenix is you know a really hard team to beat. Anything can happen down the road in the playoffs. You run into them in the conference finals, for example. And Paul PG is back. You know, I don't want to say Chris Paul's been wearing down in the playoffs the last few years, but it's a thing. You know, he's, but no, he's older. He's older. Okay, that's, that's, right. So it's nothing against Chris. He just that's that's would you just rather? Spot. I mean, that's would you rather play the Suns now when they haven't lost a game with KD yet, and you don't have PG, or later on down the road? That's the only argument. But I do agree. You can make it. You make I mean, it. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not banking the season on. Let's wait to see if Chris gets hurt. You know, what I mean, that, no, that's just not, ridiculous, Pasha. Okay, that made me sound like I'm some like a knock on wood. Well, that I'm just, it, that's what you just put. That's I what would you just never. Said. I would never. I would never. Come on, no, that's not. That's not what you I meant. Basically, just I didn't say hurt. I said, just said, no, 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 not hurt. Wear but, down. Let's just wait for Chris to wear down. Ah, oh, Jesus. Okay, I, I think that's a good place. Let's take a break for a minute. We'll come back. Uh-huh. And that's I'm never preying on anyone's <laughs> injury. That's so bad. This episode is brought to you by Honda. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerMBA. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerMBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day, really, at Sonic. For a limited time, you can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like hickory barbecue and cheesy Baja. Crisp lettuce and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken. 
and buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tinder Wrap today. Tax not included. Limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins. Okay, I wanted to get something off my chest. Um, I was really bothered by something to the point where I actually called you, obviously a couple of days ago, Pasha, and I had a whole video that I made. It took me like an hour and a half. I put this whole four or five minute video together addressing this, and I was going to post it on my story and just decided not to just because I thought I'd bring even more attention to it. And I thought if I was going to talk about it, let's just save it for the pod. Last episode, we talked about the NIL money. And more specifically, we talked about Bronny making $7 million, which I think is amazing, by the way. People cut up my clip and put, because you started out like, hey, man, that was amazing. And you hear Bronny got $7 million. Isn't that crazy? You know, or in that, in that, I mean, wow, LeBron can go against somebody in the NBA and be like, hey, my son made more than you. Is that, is that my, is that, wait, really quick, is that the posture impression? Could use a little work. Could use a little, go ahead. Yeah, it could definitely use some work. Um, nonetheless, that's what you said. And my response was, well, I mean, yeah, it's, we know why he got it. His dad is LeBron James. And people took that clip right there and just stopped it. They didn't, they highlighted point A and not point B, C, D, E, F, G, which I made, which was all complimentary of Bronny because I'm actually a fan of the kid and I'm a fan of his game and his growth over the past couple of years, which I all alluded to this on my last pod. And they put it up, they cut it up, and they just pretty much said, oh, Austin Rivers says LeBron, you know, Bronny James gets the deal because his dad's LeBron James. When context is everything, that's just not how I said it and that's not how I meant it. I got so much negative backlash. I've never had so many fucking 12-year-olds in my damn inbox on Instagram. I've never seen so many 13-year-olds threaten my life. In my, I, I, was, I was generally like, what the hell is going it on? It had to have been a and lot. Then, it had to have been a lot because for you to call me and want to make a video, I've never really seen you like that. So it had to have been a lot of backlash. Well, it bothered me because A, that's, it's just not how I meant it or how I said it. And it's, not, it's just not true. B, it's what's happening right now a lot in social media culture, especially with fucking TikTok. You're getting these people who will cut up a quote or a soundbite, and then the whole narrative has changed, and they get to control or put a spin on any narrative that they see fit at the expense of someone's livelihood and name, all for clicks and views. And it's just really fucked up. And you saw it firsthand with Andrew Wiggins when this guy had a family emergency and was dealing with a family illness, like actual real-life shit, real-life problems this guy was going through. And some idiot who hasn't been held accountable, by the way, starts a full-on, just nasty BS rumor about Wiggins and his wife and or his girl doing something that she didn't do with somebody else and the kid not being hit. It was a whole fucking disgusting rumor that had zero credibility and zero truth to it. And spiraled so out of control to the point where like people believed it and were causing problems on the internet as if this guy wasn't already going through enough at home. It's, I, I wanted to address it and make this point because I think we're, we're falling into this habit right now as human beings with social media to where we see something right away and form an opinion about something because that's what social media is. It's an instant access. It's an instant soundbite. It's a sound clip. You'll be on Instagram and you'll see a soundbite of, of you know, Dylan Brooks or, or, or a quote of this guy. And you'll be like, man, I don't like this guy. Or, I, I don't like that. And then a w- two, three weeks later, you'll see another soundbite or another clip of maybe that same person doing something wholesome or someone saying something that you do like. And you'll be like, you know what? Actually, I do like him. He is cool. And it's so ridiculous that we get this up and down with people in terms of how we think and formulate a whole opinion about someone just based off these bullshit ass little soundbites and clips that you see on TikTok and Instagram. And I say all this to challenge people, wrap this up. I want to challenge people to just do more, do better, to just crave a little bit more information, crave a little bit more information. That way you can properly form the right opinion about people, man. Don't be so up and down with people that you see on the internet. We're nine out of 10 times, we're no different from you. We like the same foods, the same movies. We think the same girls are hot. We think the same cars look cool. Everything's the fucking same, man. We're all pretty much the same. Just make sure you guys consume and obtain your information properly. Like, get better at it. I'm guilty of it, too. I do it all the time. I'll see a clip on Instagram, and I'm like, man, I'll fuck that guy. You shouldn't be that up and down with that clip. Know the whole story. Know the person. Do more research. Like, crave more. Be better. Because otherwise, what happens is you end up in this poison, toxic mindset where you're just up and down with people in such a negative, emotional way. 
And I just don't think that's what you should be doing. Especially in today's day where clicks and views are everything to some people, they'll sell their soul for anything. Be careful. Yeah, that's every, the end of my rant. Everyone, it's a good rant. Everyone loves drama. That's just what it is. Back in the day, you'd watch ESPN and Stuart Scott and Dan Patrick would report the scores and show you highlights. And there weren't any really opinion-based shows. They had sports reporters on Sundays. But nowadays, every show, it's not really, it's kind of just telling everyone it's a bunch of arguing on TV, right? It's opinions. And that's what people like. So people want drama. It's similar to watching, what is it, man? Influencers box now. People want to see them box. And it's No just, one wants to see them box. <laughs> that time has passed. No one wants to see fucking YouTuber fight uh, God knows what blue face. I don't know who rap or arm in a, a, a box. It's absolutely ridiculous. You do want to see the Ryan Garcia's fight coming up. Yeah, but he's not a. He's I don't a, know. He's just, I just wanted. To, I just wanted to kind boxer. of bring that up. I can't wait for that fight. And I know you're excited about. that. I can't fight. wait either. I've been watching. I've been watching the Showtime. Yeah. Clips. Who do you have, by the way? Uh, Who do you have in the Ryan Garcia? A, a tank man. Come you on. got a tank. Yeah, of you course. Got a tank man. Yeah, yeah. Go that, that, man. That, that against Ryan Garcia. Oh, listen, they're both obviously awesome. I just think maybe. I don't know. I just. I do like Ryan Garcia. I like his talent. I also like his willingness to take this fight. It shows a lot about Ryan. The fact that he's taking this fight this early, he could easily do what a lot of these boxers are doing, which is why a lot of people have problems with boxing versus UFC. UFC, a lot of times, there's no ducking. These fuckers are oh, fighting. Dana, Dana White's you, making those fights. You have to, yeah. They're, yeah, they're setting yeah, up the best and, fights. And, and you love it. And you love it. Where boxing is this whole, like, just fucking song and dance that these guys do. And they, they end up, half of these guys end up not fighting each other. And boxing is really hurt because of it. You got two young fighters with everything to lose. One of them's taking an L that night. It's just really cool to see because that's what they used to do in the day. But you know, back in the day, obviously, and that's what the, you know these guys are really setting a new president now. I, I'm I'm really happy and impressed by Ryan for taking this fight because Tank is no joke, uh, and Ryan's talented as well. It'll be a good fight. I do have Tank in the fight just with the experience and his overall skill level with both hands and footwork. But I, uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait. I think what happened with Mayweather is that him going undefeated, boxers don't want to lose now and have that blemish on their record. No, he when, set the standard. Yeah. He set the standard. It's, it's all just the boxers it's, before that, great boxers have had losses. And and no one cared because yeah, yeah. you're not going to win them all, man. If you're going to fight the best consistently all the time, like you go take some L's. Muhammad Ali took L's. Uh, Mike Tyson. Uh, Jones yeah. took L's. Mike Tyson. It didn't. Joe Frazier. It didn't matter who you are. Uh, everybody took L's at some point. Mayweather was able to build up this whole thing of the undefeated to where now this guy's, you know, and the way he talked and the way he was able to sell fights, it, it worked out in his favor where not only does he have minimum damage to his brain, he also has, you know, six, seven, eight hundred. I don't even know what he's made in career earnings. Something silly. So naturally, boxers are going to emulate that. It's no different than UFC went from being like a sport where like they'd interview the fighters to like where Conor McGregor brought this whole like drama and trash talk that whole muhammad ali-esque type thing that you've seen in boxing which you've seen floyd do connor brought that and now like you see that all the time and now look at ufc now like it's just like it's it's a copycat world that's what we live in i think i think these guys are afraid to lose and maybe you know that those paydays aren't going to be there anymore not true just have a rematch have a rematch have a rematch by the way you'll make more More money money. the the, the more the the bigger the fights that you're in the more money you're going to make in boxing and that's what Ryan and Tank are pretty much selling. They're like, what the fuck's the point of waiting? We fight now. They're each going to make probably $50, 60000000 million that night. It's going to be one of the biggest fights that we've seen probably since Pacquiao Mayweather. They both are going to make an obscene amount of money that night. I mean, Tank's walking away with life-changing money, and so is Ryan Garcia, regardless of who wins or loses. That's also a thing. Conor McGregor lost that, that, that Mayweather fight. They had to fucking stop the fight because his head was getting bashed in. The guy made fucking $60, $70 million. I think he made, he was a, able to think turn he made like $100 million. It's crazy. Something like that, which yeah. he was able to turn and run proper 12 up to where he sold that evaluation at a high number. I think like $500 million or some shit like that. And now the guy's whole like life has changed because of it. So it's just like, take the fight. Take the fight. Speaking of, I know this isn't a fight podcast, but speaking of Conor McGregor, have you seen what he looks like recently? The guy looks insane. It's, He's it's, jacked. It's it's war. It's worrisome though. It's not a good look. I don't like it. I like the I like the more leaned out, strong, in shape. Now he looks like you know a guy that like like takes roids and, and drinks like seven beers. His face is all red and flushed. It looks weird. I I like I like the more polished, cleaned up McGregor. Connor's still the fucking man. I got nothing but respect for him. I know he doesn't follow basketball, so he's not going to see this shit. But I I, I like the more leaned out, kind of got it together, Connor. This one looks a little retired and a little heavy. It looks. I don't know. It doesn't look natural. 
let's stay on the topic of fights. Two guys that might end up fighting. Probably not. I'm just kidding. But Kuzma and Dinwiddie. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this. It's, it's the most random beef ever. It's the most random beef I've ever seen in my life. Because it's also the, the timing of it. You know, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is getting ready for the playoffs. He's been doing these interviews, doing a little media tour. It's, I, I, what, do you, what do you think about it? Who's, are you on a side? Do you like the beef? Do you think all beef is good beef? I think it's just weird behavior uh, to see like two guys get distracted and have like words that only hurt each other. I think what Spencer said to Kuz was hurtful. And I think what Kuz said back to Spencer was hurtful. You know what I mean? It, it, it both, both of them just kind of sprayed each other with negativity. Um, and I understand why Kuz is defending himself. And, you know, Spencer felt a way about some of the comments that were made midseason. I think that's when it started about winning basketball being played or not played and different organization directions and whatever, whatever. And that's where it started. And it's obviously gotten worse. I don't think it's that big of a deal. It was over, it was all, it was over Twitter, man. They, they use their fingers. And, and tweeted some stuff at each other. But what they tweeted was, was some, you know, it, does Spencer put up good numbers? Yes. Does Kyle put up good numbers? Yes. Does Spencer make good money? Yes. Will Kyle get paid good money this summer? Probably by somebody. I, I don't know who, but somebody will pay him because he could put up some numbers up and he has a lot of scoring ability. He's 6'10", and he's very versatile in the basketball court. There's no denying that. Whether you like him or don't like him, it's very hard to judge if someone's focused in basketball like, just because Kyle likes fashion and he dresses up before the game and gets attention for it doesn't mean he's not focused. Shea Alexander does the same exact thing, and nobody says anything about his focus to basketball. Russell Westbrook is one of the most notorious guys who turned the whole runway. You know, he turned the whole walk-in as a runway. You know, Russ wears a new outfit every single game. He don't repeat shit. No one ever questions his love and passion for the game. So, like, I don't know if those comments were fair by Spence. You know, and then to his point, you know, the Kuzma stuff. I, I mean, I go back and forth on what they both said wrong and right. I I don't think it was really cool. I don't think it was really necessary, but it happens. And if you find yourself where you got to defend yourself, you know, that's what you're going to do. You're going to go as low as possible. And that, that, that's just what happens um, within the lines, obviously, of respect. But they both are trying to like, the reason I didn't like the, po- the, 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 the comments is because it felt like their comments were like cutting into each other's pockets. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I'm better than you. You can't go left. You're not a good oh, shooter. Hey, 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 that's I'll you, give you thirty. You also said that about the Dylan Brooks Draymond Green beef, where it's like, yeah, it's I don't like when you're going into someone's pocket. When you when you start talking like, oh well, he doesn't care about basketball. He's not a guy that you should pay. All he does is put up numbers. Or you're not a second option. You're not even this. Your team's won less games with you, but like, but now it's like you, you're you're like painting. You're doing. What, what people on Twitter's job is to do. You're we, doing we, what people on the Instagram should be ro- We should like, be rooting, I, I rooting for each other. It's yeah, like, other and I'm not like all one, bro- I'm not in like all one brotherhood. Like, listen, I'm, I'm not friends with half these fucking guys I, I, I play against. I'm just not. But I just don't like when you start talking about someone in, a, in an aspect where it like could affect how they're looked at in terms of compensation. Yeah. Uh, no, I, t- I totally agree. I don't like the timing of it, I guess. You know, it's before the playoffs. People are hyped about the play well, yeah. and the playoffs. That part of it's bad, but listen, what did well, I- Kyle's got time on his hands, so I don't blame him for that. He's he's obviously out of the playoffs, so like he could say whatever the fuck he wants. Spencer just be like Spencer came back, I think, again and said something today. Like he compared him to Rick Fox, which is absolutely just hilarious, by the way. I mean, I <laughs> that comment is so fucking funny that it's and by the way shout out to Rick Fox we were I was watching some clips of him the other day in a uh, Sixers game one game he was doing his thing hitting big threes uh I love Rick Fox but the the the, the uh it actually is a compliment I I I I mean, there's a lot of worse guys you'd be compared to than Rick Fox. Yeah, what the hell? What's wrong with Rick Fox? <laughs> yeah, Rick, 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 Rick Fox is the man, bro. Rick, Rick Fox won championships and played for the Lakers, dated the prettiest girls, I, was I, the best I, dressed looking guy, I, was an acting legend. Like, Rick Fox is the fucking man, bro. I, have, I love Rick I, Fox. I have beef with Rick Fox only because my mom doesn't even watch basketball. And we were watching some of those finals games. And my mom walked in and was like, who's that guy? And she has never said that about a basketball player ever. <laughs> I, Rick she, Fox, my Rick mom is, Fox my mom was, was the is is straight, you know, from Iran. Doesn't even look at the, the TV when basketball is on. Saw Rick Fox and was like, "Who's that guy? He doesn't. He looks." I was like, "Okay." Rick you know Fox what, mom, was one they, of their original Rizzlers. I beg your pardon. Are you are you that fucking old man? What is a like, Rizzler? I can't even. Jesus Christ, bro! I can't even. I can't even throw out like a like a a comment or like a. Look at you, lost as hell. You think it's a candy? 
You think it's like a Twizzler or something? What like, is a Rizzler? I, 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 I'm sorry. I don't know what that is. Like the Rat Pack? I don't know what that is. The Rat Pack? <laughs> What's a Rizzler, man? Just tell me. You know what Riz is? You told me last time or the other day. It was. It's a guy that spits game. Yeah, this guy just has that. You know what I mean? That uh, umph. Pulls woman has that has the mouth game has has the looks the style the swag like uh jo- like ri- like John Mayer he's a Rizzler he's got he's got the Riz yes he was a Rizzler Rick Fox was a Rizzler for sure you I, know it this guy was out here <laughs> banging out uh fucking uh, <laughs> but no we're not gonna say banging arm, uh, arm banging out is nuts but what on PBS <laughs> what what is what is it? Well, I don't, so I don't know what a fucking Rizzler is. Okay, I'm 36. Eventually, you just like stop learning new slang. You have to, you know, what? I'm on the highway of like lingo, and you get off on the next exit. Eventually, you got to get off the highway. I, I'm sticking with the lingo I know. Okay, my vernacular. What, is what's fine. Your, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen is you're gonna end up really dated, and you're gonna end up like that old guy. You're gonna be like 42, and we're gonna be out like at a lounge somewhere in LA or Miami, getting some food, hanging around some people, and you're gonna end up like saying a comment like. Like let, let's get jiggy with it. I'm not that old, bro. <laughs> like yeah, you're gonna you're gonna end up saying some some shit along those lines, and it's just gonna be like, wh- and I'm not saying you got to be like, yo, it's fucking lit. Let's litty in here. <laughs> I, I, like I'm, I don't want you to be like, don't be something you're not. Yeah, but just understand understand when people are talking. Like keep up with time so you can actually like understand. For you not to know what Riz is or what the Rizzler is is just ridiculous. Yes, sir. <laughs> Listen, yes, sir. Is not that's not even part of it, but. The, yeah, no, it's, yes, sir. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say fucking the Riddler. Like, <laughs> it's never going to be something that I say out loud, but whatever, man. Um, you, So today is your fiance's birthday. The fact that you're doing the pod is, how'd you get away with that? I literally have dinner in like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, man. Uh, I haven't had a nap all day. I've had practice, I had conditioning before. I had uh, took the kid and the wife to lunch. Uh had to figure out the stuff with the credit card to get get her this gift. It's it's just been a circus of a day. So you go. I mean, do you explaining, mind explaining explaining Riz to you uh, for the fifth time? This is exhausting. I'm, uh, I'm tired. Can I give you some? Can I can I give you some dating advice? Advice. There's no way on God's <laughs> green earth I would ever take dating advice from you, bro. That's, that's what I people have seen always, you. I have I have seen you no, no, self no. manipulate. <laughs> I have seen you self manipulate yourself out of a relationship. Self-sabotage? Self-manipulate. I don't even know what that is. I think is that like Rizzler? Listen, here's my advice. Just because <laughs> just because I'm single doesn't mean I can't give a little advice. All right. Um, when it comes to gifts and stuff, and we're all hoping that you guys are together for a really long time, years and years. Start low on the on the birthday gifts because I already I already messed it up. I already I fucked that up. The the I was so infatuated with this girl when we first started dating, man. That and I still am now. But I I was so infatuated from out the gate. For her 21st birthday, you remember what I bought her. It, 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 I, set the, I set the bar so unrealistically high. Yeah. I bought her a goddamn Lamborghini truck. And I was out of my damn mind for doing it. And I remember even she was like, are you serious? Did you just do this? And I was just like, hell yeah, baby. Like, that's, like, well, that's, maybe you could, maybe that's you, what I do. Well, you could have leave. I'm like, le- holy shit. What have I just done? Like, I, I don't even know how I go. Where do I go from here? What about a lease? Could you could have leased it? Well, actually, I'd rather just own it that way at the time the car was really hot i got it for retail i ended up actually making like 60 grand on the car we sold it like six seven months later and actually made money on the car so it actually worked out uh and she loves the car she has now it has more space more kid friendly you know the range over more the story you set the bar way too high i mean there's no way like five years down the road you can for her birthday get her a haiku but i got her i got her these nice i got her the i got her the cars because not to show off or to be like yo i bought my girl this anybody who knows me knows i'm genuinely like a real petrol head I'm obsessed with fucking cars. So like anytime it has to do with me, even me buying something for my my fiance, like I take it so seriously as if it's like my own car. And I'm such a car guy. Like I fan out over the nicest cars. It's like my one vice that I have. It's the one thing I've always told my pops or my family, my, my financial advisor. So the only thing you might have to worry about me with is I love me some goddamn cars. I love, everyone knows my garage is nuts. We'll actually talk about that. One of these episodes, we, we should have like a car guy in here and like spits. Talk about a little bit. Of, I mean, you don't really know shit about cars, do you? Do you know anything about anything other than basketball? Like what? What? I know a lot about a lot know? of things. I just don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I like. I don't love cars. I, I like. A, I have a nice car. It's it's, it's a car. It's from point A to point B. It's. Oh, uh, I mean, next topic. Don't do that. You know, then you make me sound like I don't care about getting from point A to point B. I, I don't want to. Just, just 
All right, then what? What are you gonna? What, what'd you get her this year? You got the car a couple years ago. What, what's the, what is it now? Oh, now you just get flowers, flowers, dinner. You know, give her. You know, maybe like a. a, a she really just likes flowers. She doesn't really want anything, honestly. But I'll get her like flowers, dinner, maybe a bag, or maybe a bracelet, a necklace, whatever, man. The usual shit, bro. Like they just want to know that you care and that you love them. That, that's what that's what the birthday's about. It's not really about the gift. I can get her a gift because it's a Tuesday. You know, I it's it's about making or you know acknowledging her and, and being there and putting in time i think that's what most girls really actually care and want right not just on the birthday but on a daily basis this is actually advice for you whenever you do get married will you be that guy that's like like that uncle with like no wife no kids and just kind of like hang around us i mean wait, I'm, be around? I'm not, that's not how i'm mapping out my life man <laughs> like i'm just it's not the way i see yeah. things i mean it's, the dating climate's tough out there and, and you know what man it, you know what these you know, I'm not like a big hip hop guy. Guys like Drake ruining it for the single guys. Uh, he, not, he's making all these rules. You can't buy wine by the glass anymore. You have to buy a full bottle. Like, can't take your girl to Hibachi. He shitted on that in that one song. Um, you can't, what is it? Can't no go more, party bus. No more no party, party buses. buses. Party buses are nuts. The, the Drake, the, he used to be the most relatable rapper. It, you know, he, he had a song about, you know, the broke boys. I don't fuck with broke. I mean, it, it, it's... My friends all hate that song because they're just like, bro, 99% of us just don't have that type of money, man. Like, it's impossible now to get a girl because girls are like, are you broke? You know, how much money do you... I mean, it's, it is... Dating, I, I would imagine, is probably pretty fucked up these days. Drake went from the guy that's... Like, the kind of guy that's going like, to maybe, like, write you a poem or, like, he's, like, in love with a girl that doesn't love him back. Like, kind of a relatable situation to... Yeah, now he's just su super unrelatable. But whatever, he's still a great rapper. I love his songs. His new one's pretty good, too. You know what I was... You know what I, you know what I was... I wanted to tell you, we were talking about Tony Allen last night, and we were just like talking about they don't make players like guys like Tony Allen anymore, right? Like guys like that just what he's just like a fucking dog out there. But when Chandler first got to the Grizzlies and he was playing Dallas, right? I remember I was courtside for that game. It was his return to Dallas. He's on the Grizzlies. Tony Allen's his teammate, and I met I met Tony a few times. I was wearing that. Remember when Javanchi had that like pit bull, like a dog on the sweater? Yes. Okay. I was wearing that, and TA's about to take the ball out. He looks at me, and he's like, I like that sweater. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. And he's like, no, no, no. I like that sweater. Very intimidating. I got freaked out. My girlfriend at the time was sitting next to me. She was like, hey, do you guys have beef? What's going on? I was like, I don't know. After the game, Grizzlies win. Chandler's in a good mood. He goes, hey, uh, hey TA wants that sweater, man. He's like, I'm going to need I'm gonna need you to give me the sweater. I was like, no, you're not taking the sweater off. He's like, no, I guess he has a thing for dogs. I'm not sure. I... Chandler was like, hey, man, listen, I'm new to the team. He, he wants the sweater. I, I took the sweater off, gave it to Chandler. Expensive sweater. I swear, I'm pretty sure, I'm 99% sure the next game, TA wore it to the game. My sweater. I don't have the sweater anymore. <laughs> That's crazy. Tony's a gangster, though. Come, come up off that sweater, bro. You, you would take off your fucking sweater and give it to him. By the way, Chandler was pretty much like, hey, you, you like, I don't know what's going on, but he, you got to take the sweater. Like, it's, you got to get that sweater off you. I, I, it was crazy. You're a good friend, man. You're a good friend. Uh, it was more out of fear uh, than anything. <laughs> <least you> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, you yeah. would be too. Don't do that. No, Tony's, Tony's not one of those guys you really want. I'm not, I'm not taking off my fucking sweater for anybody, but I do fuck with Tony. So I might just want to give it to him because he's like the man. I like Tony. No, he's, he's, great. Like Tony he's awesome. He's a great guy. Yeah. Do you have any pet peeves for me or? Has life been, has I don't actually have any. Life's been pretty solid, man. I haven't been angry at anybody. I haven't got into it with anybody lately. So let's pray for another week of that. I haven't gotten bothered by somebody this week. Um, yeah, I'm, I've been pretty solid, man. Uh, no complaints. That's great, man. Uh, on that note, good luck tomorrow. Thank you, Hopefully man. Hopefully next week we're talking about your, you know, the playoff series against the Nuggets. Yeah, man. Hopefully we're able to pull it off. Obviously, we got a lot more work to do. We, we we believe we can make a run, even despite our injuries and stuff. We can surprise some people. And personally, for myself, I, I, I want to get out there, hopefully, man. Uh, past like month or so, I've been really hindered with injuries and found myself out of the rotation. So just, just trying to be that vet role and just really just try to help the guys who are, you know, having their name called right now, perform at the highest level and help this team go as far as I can, whether I'm playing or not. But I hope to get out there soon, uh, maybe even tomorrow. I got to stay ready, stay dangerous, and uh, we'll see what happens, man. Good chat with you as always, my bro.
This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.